everyone, this is Liz Fiddler and welcome back to the Sunny Mary Meadow podcast. Last episode we talked about, well I guess the last couple episodes we've talked about how I decide what to order and then the next one was how I start categorizing them. So okay, I have all of my my lists, my inventory, what do I do with them now? Okay, now I have to just prioritize what I need to plant when. That's the first step to getting organized. And then now the next step is how I decide what I'm going to plant where. So I want to give you a little idea of what my farm and what my property looks like. So you come into the yard, a house is in the very center of the yard, and then my My yard itself is seriously about four acres, which is huge. Um, So to the east of the house, down on the meadow, I have got 18 rows that are four feet wide and 60 feet long. So that's east of the house. And then there's six feet of grass in between each row. That is going to be a mix of you pick. So if anyone comes and they, they're going to pick their own bouquet, those are the flowers that I want down there. So keeping in mind, I'm not putting really many dahlias down there, lisianthus, probably not even a ton of sunflowers except for on the edge rows because once sunflowers are picked, then they're an ugly stalk. So, you know, keeping in mind that that you pick section, so that's what I'm going to call it is the you pick section, even though it's definitely stuff that I'm harvesting for bouquets myself, whether it's subscriptions or their buckets of you picks, there's a big peony section down there that's roughly the same size. You know, one thing that we haven't really touched on is, yes, I have like 11,000 tulips, but those are done. They're pretty much done by mid-May. So, you know, those are going to be their own episodes. So when I'm talking about subscriptions and flowers and you picks, I'm talking about the summer months. That's what the majority of people are growing. And that's what, you know, you're kind of listening for. We're going to do some entire episodes on tulips, you know, just the nitty gritty, everything. But, you know, when I'm talking about the you pick section, that's, that's what I'm talking about. On the south end of my property, we have got what used to be the vegetable garden of the farm. I would say it's probably 30 feet long. No, that'd be 10 yards. No, it's much longer than that. It's probably 20 yards long by maybe 15 yards, something like that. And there is a trellis of grapevines to the west of them. So that does get a little bit of afternoon shade over in that section. And then up on the way west end of the property, I have a high tunnel that's 16 by 50. So again, in the summertime, this you know, it gets hot in there. You can raise up the sides, but it it stays pretty hot in there. It's going to need its own drip irrigation. But when everything else dies the end of September, unless it's cold hardy, hopefully it doesn't freeze within there and then that can stay, you know, I'll have those flowers longer. So keep in mind, I'm getting married the first week of October here in Minnesota. And so anything that's not cold hardy, I'm going to be planning on planting in that high tunnel so that it doesn't, you know, die of frost such as zinnias or cosmos or whatever. So I will do a couple rows of those plants within the high tunnel and just kind of hope for the best. So I've already told you about my spreadsheets, my plugs, and then I've got, you know, a list of seeds that I start directly in the ground and seeds that I start in trays. So now when I try to decide what to plant where, 
I know that field to the south that you know, gets a little bit of afternoon shade, not too bad. I did this last year and it worked really well and I did it again this year. I use black plastic landscape fabric that I have holes burned in for weed barrier, but it also helps because last year I was able to till that up weeks before everything else because it thawed quicker because that black fabric heats from the sun. So what I'll do in mid-April is I will rip it off and then I'm going to add compost to it because it, you know, it needs some nutrients and then I can till that up. And then that's kind of my cold hardy area. And anything that, that I talked about as soon as ground can be worked, it goes down there. It works really well. And a lot of those plants like the Orlia and the Bupillurum and the stock, I'm finished with those about mid-July. So that's kind of my June flowers that I sell besides the peonies and ranunculus. But like I said, those don't really fit in this category of the U-Pick and everything because they're more specialty plants that are going to need to be their own episode. That's where I plant down there. Like I said, it, it just kind of works really well to trick Mother Nature into thawing the ground a little bit sooner. And that's what I plant down there. You know, I'm looking at everything and, okay, so is it cold hardy? Does it have to be after last frost? Does it need to be direct seeded? And then I kind of just try to divide up water requirements. Is it something that's a little more drought tolerant? I do have drip lines inside of the high tunnel. I have some drip lines down in the U-Pick area, but not everything needs a ton of water. The sunflowers, the celosia, a lot of them are pretty drought tolerant. And so if they're drought tolerant, I can put them in a row that I know is not going to need a ton of water. I look at bloom time. We've talked about this in episode one, but essentially cut flower farms, true cut flower farms, you know, you have to decide are people visiting or not. And in mine, I want people to visit, but not until July, because guess what? It's pretty ugly around here until then. So that being said, I want to alternate the rows of stuff that need to be fully opened versus need to be picked right when the petals are lifting, because Otherwise, you know, if you're picking them right when they're starting to open, it looks pretty ugly. So like a row of status, a row of zinnias, a row of celosia when they're when they're pretty well open. Even the snapdragons have to be at least a third open. So it's nice to have those alternating rows versus, you know, stuff that has to be fully opened or stuff that has to be picked earlier. Otherwise, it's just going to look like a row of leaves. So I keep that in mind. And then I decide how needy is it with harvest requirements? basil, for example, I put that into a bucket of hot water when I pick it, let it sit for at least 10 to 15 minutes, and then I move it to a bucket of cold water. That works pretty well, but I don't have hot water down in the U-Pick section. That being said, I don't want my customers picking something that's so needy because if they pick it and they don't put it in hot water, they bring it home, it droops, they're upset, rightfully so. So I put that in my kind of my, I don't know, I haven't thought of a good name for it. My needy, my needy section, you know, over on the west side of the house where I put my dahlias, where I put the lisianthus. And those are just really expensive, more premium cuts. And so, you know, when I'm doing a tour of the farm or I'm showing people, you know, I definitely will let them wander over there, but I'm the one that's cutting from those sections, me or Lindsay or some of my other volunteers that are here just to make sure that, you know, those don't get mixed in with the U-Pick section. Keep in mind location and sun requirements. You don't want to plant amaranth, which gets really tall. It gets like five feet tall. You don't want to plant that next to 
status that is really short and, you know, it's just going to throw shade on it. However, I can get by with it pretty well because I have that six foot of grass between the rows. So it's okay, but just keep in mind, you know, what's going to be shady. You know, you don't want to put sunflowers right next to the zinnias because the zinnias want heat. They want sun. But if they're just to the north of a huge row of sunflowers, it's going to be shady. So keep in mind, you know, the continuous blooms, the shade. And then this is going to be its whole other episode, but we're going to talk about support. We definitely want to have something that if, it, if it's a really windy area, keep that in mind. I use the different methods. There's a corral method with using essentially T posts and string. And then you kind of do a couple different levels because that canopy of flowers can get really heavy and one big rainstorm can knock the entire thing down. So you can do that. You can use plastic netting. You can do a lot of different things, but just keep in mind the windiest spots. For me, you know, something like Lysianthus that can get blown over in the wind really easily, I'm putting that inside of my high tunnel. So just kind of keeping in mind, like, where is it going to be best? That south garden that I talked about, which is going to be finished, you know, around around mid-July, then down there, I'm going to throw some seeds in the ground that I know will bloom by the time it's last frost. So I can do some sunflowers in there. As long as I get them planted by July 15th, they will bloom for sure by September 15th, which should be by the time that last frost is. But if I want to put cosmos or zinnias that can take about 90 days, it's too late. I don't want to plant those, you know, starting July 15th. But, you know, if I had another tray of stock or something that likes cool in the fall, I'm pretty sure what I'm going to end up planting down there is going to be like ornamental kale that does really well with a frost. You know, it needs a little bit longer, but they'll be they'll be ready to go by like, you know, mid-October. So yeah, just kind of deciding what your needs are going to be and your harvest needs. But there's a lot of factors in mind and you're going to have to just decide what's most important to you. For me... Honestly, I have such a beautiful property that we've put a lot of work into. We have these really pretty outbuildings and sunrises and sunsets that, I mean, the flowers, it's a huge part of it, but my customers don't mind walking from one garden to the next, one field to the next. I don't put as much worry into that. Like the flowers are going to be where they are. Customers will go to them. They understand and they, they appreciate it when it's authentic. And when I say hey, you know, I know you expected these, you know, blooms to be everywhere, but they're not because that's that's not how it works. And we're picking these and we're picking them now. And I am going to be a lot more focused on what I need to be picking, you know, what we use the most of. For the most part, I'll have a lot of zinnias down in the U-pick section, but I'm definitely going to put some up on the western edge of the property because that's where my workspaces and it's just not as far to go to harvest them. But yeah, anything that needs to be harvested in hot water, you know, keep all that in mind. Keep in mind where is your compost pile because when you're harvesting and you're ripping the weeds off of them, or not the weeds, the leaves, when you pick a stem, it's best to do it in the garden, in the field, just stripping all of the leaves that are going to be below the water line into a bucket and then pouring that bucket right on your compost pile. Otherwise, if you do it in your workspace, then you're inside and all of a sudden just bacteria growth. You don't want to do it in the garden in between the rows because then your customers are trying to walk and they're stepping over this decaying pile of leaves. So just keep that in mind. Like where is your workspace? Where is, you know, where is everything at? We are in the middle of remodeling the butcher shop here at the farm. I shouldn't say we're in the middle. We're in the early stages. I have it all planned out. I have a contractor coming out and I'm really excited to do an episode on 
basically completely changing up like where the center hub of the farm is and where things get done. Just efficiency, focusing on efficiency so I can do it all from the same central location. So I'm pretty excited about that. Abby, what questions do you have about how I decide where to plant stuff? First question. So back to tarping over your area for your cold hardy plants. Is that something that you can also do for your other gardens or is it just totally unnecessary since you're planting later? It's really unnecessary because, I mean, yeah, it'll heat up the soil a little bit sooner, but you know, if it's zinnias, if they get down to 32 degrees, they'll die. So I can't plant them any sooner anyway. Okay. So it doesn't really matter if that ground is, oh, I can till it up sooner or I can work the ground sooner because the ground is thawed sooner. Okay, that's great. And the soil temperature is warmer, but the air temperature is still going to be too cold. Whereas those ones that I was talking about, if the ground temperature can thaw sooner and I can get the ground worked up and dug up, those plants are fine down to like 20 degrees. Okay. So it, that's why you can't cheat mother nature that much. You can do things like low tunnels and, you know, we'll do a whole episode on that, but basically like kind of season extension. There is a book by Lisa Mason Ziegler and it's called Cool Flowers. And she talks about just using like natural techniques to plant flowers sooner. It's a little tricky in zone four. I think she's in zone five or six out east. So, you know, she like overwinters and covers them with straw. I mean, it's 20 below actual temp here. A lot of the winter that wouldn't work here, they would die. You know, it's good in theory and I can incorporate some of the techniques and plant things a little earlier, but I definitely can't overwinter them here the way she can. So yeah, essentially it wouldn't, it wouldn't help to to plant those any earlier. You cannot plant them any sooner than your last frost date. Okay. Next question. Explain to me what a drip line is. Yes. <laughs> so, okay. We're going to do a whole episode on irrigation, but I have a hose and imagine, so, okay, I have a row of flowers, row of grass, row of flowers, row of grass. The four foot end of those is on the west side of that field. So I have a you know, a hundred foot line of, it's kind of a hose and you poke holes into it, you know, so every couple feet, then there's a 60 foot hose with a hole in it every nine inches or so that just seeps out water. And so it's just drip irrigation. And I put it in there underneath the fabric and then it just, you know, it, it irrigates the entire plant. Okay. And it's under the fabric. Mm-hmm. Very yep, interesting. I did it. I did it on top of the fabric two years ago and oh my God, it was a disaster. We'll talk about that in a whole episode, why it was a disaster, but just trust me, put it under the fabric. Under the fabric. Uh-huh. Clean up and absorption and uh, yeah, under the fabric. Um, <laughs> but don't, don't poke any holes in it with the garden stakes. Again, a whole episode. Um, yep. So that's what drip lines are. Okay. And then last question I have with this being a, a customer experience where they're here on your property, how are you going to go about labeling your U-Pick area and your different gardens? This will be the first year that I'm doing that portion. And so, I mean, it's everything will be supervised. 
this first year. It'll be me or Lindsay just walking them through. We can show them the other stuff. And like I said, we can, you know, maybe it'll include everyone gets a couple sunflowers. We'll bring a bucket down there because we know people want sunflowers. But if it's like Lizianthus or Dahlias, we can say, okay, a couple bucks a stem for these. If you want them, let me know if you want them. Otherwise, everything down in that section down there is completely good to go. I just, I think I said this in the last episode. I love rules. I love policies, but most people don't. And I accept that. And I understand that, you know, and when you tell people, you know, they're not trying to break the rules, but it's like, they're focused on the flowers that they want and they want one of those really big ones. And okay, that's the forbidden row, but people like to bend rules and I just want the experience to be great for everyone. And I don't want them focusing on the flowers that they can't have. It's not that these are so valuable and I don't want my customers to have them. It's if you cut them wrong, you'll kill the entire plant. And so that's why it's like, no, it's just not enjoyable to have them down there because here I'm micromanaging and telling them how to do it or saying, here, I'll do it for you. And then they're waiting on me versus, you know, like, let's just not offer those down there or we can have them up above and, you know, we can walk up there and everyone gets one or two of those and then, you know, they plant them down there. Okay. Crowd control. Crowd control. Exactly. So I just, I just want the experience to be enjoyable for everyone and the majority of the you pick flowers, the more you cut them and you break them off, like it, the plant's job is to survive and reproduce and go to seed. It wants to have a flower bud like a zinnia naturally dry out, die out, produce seeds, get carried away in the wind and produce another plant for next year. Its job is to survive. And so if we're picking them, that plant just sends out another stem because it's like, well, that didn't work. Now I'll try again. So it's it really is signifying to grow more plants. So I know which plants do that. And so then it's like, I had last year, I had a kid's class come out. It was insane. It was hilarious. It was awesome. Like these parents, like we had so much fun. They were a lot of my friends and there were 50 people here with an ice cream truck. And I was like, okay, the parents get the scissors. The kids don't get the scissors. And I just, I think I charged them 10 bucks a person to pick like a bouquet. I'm like, just go wild. And it was, it was so much fun. But like these plants were just kids were running through them, playing tag. I'm like, oh, well. And it was toward the end of the season, so I didn't really care. I thought we were done. You know, usually with zinnias, like, yes, they're cut and come again. But after about a month, they just get tired Mm -hmm. and you almost need fresh. You need like a fresh row. Well, they like basically deadheaded it. And this plant just, I mean, a week later, I had the best, most flush crop of zinnias ever. I'm like, okay, well that worked out really well. Didn't expect that to happen. So those are the plants that I'm planting down in the U-Pick section. You can't really screw it up. If you cut them too low, if you break it off, if you this or that, like they're not needy ones. And I just, you know, I want people to be able to take pretty pictures in the garden and pick what they want and, you know, not be so restricted on counting. And it's like, you know what, if it fits in the bucket, go for it. Awesome. That's all I got for questions. All right. Well, thank you for being here. Thanks for joining us and excited to see what the garden looks like this summer. Thanks for listening to the Sunny Mary Meadow podcast. I'm your host, Liz. If you like what you're hearing, please subscribe and rate us. You can find us on Instagram, Pinterest, and Facebook at Sunny Mary Meadow. Subscribe to our email newsletter at sunnymarymeadow.com. And if you have questions or comments or anything to say, we would love to hear from you. You can email us at podcast at sunnymarymeadow.com.